welcome everyone welcome back to my channel so uh, today we are going to do an interesting podcast on sustainability in fashion industry and with me we have sana sharma who is a fashion designer and she actually recently won a prestigious award on red carpet design context so welcome sana welcome hi deepa thanks for having me uh, really looking forward to having this discussion with you Wait, wait. So, like, uh, so, how does it feel regarding the award and like the things happen? It feels great. I mean, it's um, it's a very prestigious and coveted uh, design contest. It's a global design contest, so it feels really good to know that you know, being from India, being from Chennai, and being able to um, you know, put us on the map this way has also been nice, and to also sort of represent, um. the potential of sustainable design um in my opinion it's a very important goal for a designer in the whole in this whole dialogue and uh, i'm really happy that they chose a zero waste design to win the fantas so i'm really excited to make this down and it's going to be presented uh, unveiled in september so yeah it's it's exciting times Great, great. So, was it a team entry or like uh, was it from your uh, brand or like was it a personal entry? No. So, this was an individual uh, entry. So, the contest was for like you know individual applicants only, uh, and they have launched um, the next edition. I won the twenty twenty edition of the contest, and uh, they've recently launched the twenty twenty one edition as well. So, when I was uh, in twenty twenty, the the contest partner was Tencel. Uh, Tencel is a world-renowned um, leader in sustainable textile manufacturing. So, what was really great is that the fabrics were only pre-selected for us. So, for every applicant, it was a choice of you know which of the which of the existing um, fabrics they like to incorporate into their design. So, I really okay. felt like that was a true test of design knowledge more than uh, you know anything else. I mean, everything has been put on the table. You just have to. show what skills you have in terms of design which is what i really liked about the contest i found it to be a very fair way of evaluating design um, and this year what's uh, even better is that they've also um got float 3d which is a virtual fashion software to join into the the you know contest and the partner so you have tensel and flow and i think it's going to be really amazing to see how things pan out Got it. So I've read that uh, in the article where you have used uh, tensile clothing to actually produce that gown. Yeah. So I ha- I will be working with. So the gown hasn't been made as yet. So um, yeah. So we have. Uh, we will be having the unveiling in September. Ooh, um, okay. So yeah. So it's going to be made with ten- tensile fabrics, and it's going to be very exciting for me because. um as a brand as a brand that was manufacturing in a smaller scale earlier i wasn't able to procure you know something like tencel earlier because i wasn't buying in those volumes um but now to have an opportunity to work with these fabrics to know what they feel like what they fall like it's really really um it's cool you know to be to be just getting a chance and doing this great 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 so going on like i have a couple of interesting questions so Yeah, before going to the questions, is something which I was uh, kind of, I I'm not able to digest actually. So, uh, is it true that fashion industry is the largest, a uh, second largest industry to pollute the world? Yes, it is. Um, 
and it's quite shockingly you know it's it is hard to digest for even someone like me who's from the industry um we are we're at a stage where either we make very drastic changes or we know that we are doomed forever right i mean it's it's a pretty crazy it's a very scary scenario because even though we know this now we still know that there are enough number of organizations enough number of companies and brands that are not taking the responsibility they need to take so it's like you know there's a problem you know what's causing the problem you know there's a solution but no one's implementing it enough so that's what the scary part is it's not knowing that we are in this problem it's that knowing the solution we're not applying it enough because we as you know for whatever reasons don't want to take that work got it got it so yeah so that was my kind of my first question like uh, regarding the sustainability factor in that particular fashion industry sustainability so, actually has it is a very big umbrella concept you know and that's why for a lot of people it may seem like they don't understand it entirely and that's okay i think that you know we can't expect everyone to begin this journey and jump into all aspects at one go because it's so vast so i thought i would suggest that you know pick one aspect of this cause and start focusing completely on that once you've got that covered move on to branch out to the other ones because for like even as consumers uh, i think it's hard for people to just suddenly switch to a different lifestyle you have to make smaller changes and that's exactly how it is for manufacturers as well and just one day turn on a switch and be like you know everything is going to change but it has to start right so that's that's the leap of faith that everyone has to take um so broadly there are four pillars to sustainability you have the environment which is about you know the footprint and our broad carbon emissions all of that then you have the social aspect of sustainability which is about the people who are involved about the animals right so then you have a you have a cultural aspect as well which is about protecting cultural heritage like things like craft right things that are that have been in our cultures for so long and are diminishing now how do we keep them alive right mm-hmm. and uh, then of course a very very vital aspect of sustainability is the um, economical aspect of it right the commercial aspect so if we have a business that is um, going to be environmentally sustainable socially sustainable culturally sustainable but cannot be commercially sustainable if it cannot run a business cannot cannot survive on its own it's going to fizzle out and there's no point then right we want businesses who can who can survive who can do well who can thrive in this uh, in in our um, capitalist world but uh, also follow these you know have all the other aspects of sustainability um incorporated but understand so uh, this is something which i was trying to understand like what exactly is uh, circular fashion basically and and is it being implemented uh, like in your approach or like on which you are which you are talking about right so sus- sustainability and circularity are sort of like circularity is probably a part of the whole sustainability dialogue one big part of that umbrella is circularity so if you look at um now this goes across any any industry it doesn't have to be limited to fashion so if we look at a supply chain we are following a very linear supply chain right so you have raw material you then have procuring raw material then it goes to 
you know, um, a manufacturer and a seller, you know, everything, then the consumer, right? So nothing that gets wasted in this process or even the end process ever really goes back to source, right? So once it starts, it goes to the consumer and then where does it go? It goes to the landfill or it goes into our oceans and Correct. it's never coming back. It's And that's what the thing is, we think we throw it away, but there is no away, right? It's somewhere in, in our planet. So the, the concept of circular fashion is to change this uh, linear structure into a circular structure. So if I have waste coming out from my cutting, I collect all that waste, send it to a recycler so that it comes back into the raw material stage again. It keeps, so, you know, we close the loop that way. Also, it means brands can have buyback schemes. Like if you have bought from my brand after after you're done, or if you don't feel happy enough with this with a certain purchase after some time, return it so that I can, okay. you know, so that either we can um, thrift it out or we can maybe even upcycle it, recycle it. There's a lot of options, but the thing is, there have to be enough channels to create a circular closed loop sort of economy um, within the industry and within any industry really. Got it. So basically, circular fashion is the key to the next step or like that is a way forward. Basically. Yes, like it is It is important because it's not the only thing they have to do, but it's definitely one of the things we need to start doing. It's important more because we have a problem of overproduction and overconsumption right now. So it can handle the overproduction part well, right? We don't have to produce so much new stuff. Got it. So the next question, like, uh, so what what exactly is the, like, do we have any regulations or compliance while designing this kind of stuff, basically? We don't have things in with respect to design. We do have things with respect to raw materials. We do have things respect, with respect to, um, you know, like fair trade, right? We do have fair wages. Those things are there. We do have organizations who are working on that who are uh, doing checks and inspections and uh, those things exist yes uh, but the sad thing is there are loopholes for big companies to exploit and until we have legislature come in until we have laws in place um, and we have verification bodies who are going to make sure that it's you know being handled the right way it's still going to be something that will keep you know, slipping through our fingers. Got, so, got. yeah, so we do have, but we do have a lot of advancement in terms of regulation and certification of materials. Like raw materials have really, really seen um, a lot of improvement. We have, even with respect to cottons, um, with respect to recycled materials, a lot of this is getting certified. There are proper inspection happening as well. So, so yeah, we are, you know, slowly inching towards it. But we need to start having it in all aspects of that supply chain, not just one. True. So in that in that regard, actually, like, do we have any key players actually being following or like planning to? We do have. We don't have a lot of brands that are doing well. We have a lot of organizations. We have something called the Fashion Revolution. It's a global uh, movement. Uh, you know, you have uh, you have even a Fashion Revolution in India. So what these communities are encouraging is building a network because if we want to create change, we either start having, um, a, you know, a mass movement 
to actually make or, or sort of pressurize um, the 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 earning bodies to create some laws. Um, so that's why these things are happening and they're working. Um, there have been a lot of changes that have come about. Uh, we have a whole fashion revolution. There's there's a whole fashion revolution week hmm. uh, where you know consumers are encouraged to wear clothes that they have from a certain brand, whatever brand they want to, you know, wear. And they get to ask questions like, who made this? Who made this garment? Who made my clothes? Um, you know, uh, where did you source my materials from? Okay. Right? So questioning has become important. And we also have some really amazing work by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Um, so there are a lot of people working on this, which is which is great news. Because without them, we'd be so lost. Right, so it's 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 a community that keeps building every day, and uh, hopefully we will convert all the fast fashion uh, lovers to appreciate what sustainable fashion is. Yeah, the guys, it's happy to hear actually these kind of uh, initiatives which is being carried out. So, uh, going on like uh, something which, uh, like as you said, like it's an umbrella term at this point, and we have sustainability score calculated for literally everything. So, uh, how exactly sustainability score is calculated in a fashion designing or in a fashion domain? So, it's basically a lot like what I said, right? You have the pillars that you are uh, catering to. So, where do you score within each pillar, right? Whether it's it's the social pillar, whether it is the environmental pillar, right? Whether it is... Um, so, it's basically... How what kind of practices you are following, and um, there is a lot of discrepancy also. I I will have to say that we haven't standardized it enough, and there are it's basically you know your word against theirs sort of thing. So it is going to be there will be brands who will exploit this as well, uh, simply because they can they have the means and resources. So it is something that we have to start carefully on this as well. What I think is actually better than this is something called a life cycle impact. Um, so a life cycle impact is um, when you actually have to give out all information about the supply chain, right? So let's say a t-shirt, you're wearing a t-shirt right now. Um, the manufacturer of your t-shirt, if, uh, if they have to calculate your t-shirt's life cycle impact, they have to put down every little process that went into making that t-shirt, right? Where was it sourced from? Um, how many miles did it travel to reach to the manufacturer? How did it travel? What was the, you know, what, what kind of transportation, everything, what kind of dye, color, all of that goes into that. And then you get a, you get a score of how much environmental impact this has made. And there's like a proper metric system to it. So there are companies and there are brands who showcase that. Um, I had uh, the good fortune of actually um, talking to one of the brands who follow this. It's called Brave Souls. It's a footwear brand. So if you go to their website, you can see things like, um, you know, this this sandal has saved so much uh, light bulbs worth of energy. So many uh, car tires saved. This much fuel saved, right? So it's it basically converts those metrics into numbers that you and I can understand as consumers. Yeah. So it's I think those are more um those are more change worthy sort of things. Things that a consumer is going to look at and feel like, yeah, I'm creating some impact, right? Because that's where we want to hit it. 
we want to hit at the consumer so that they can stop buying something that is going to cause harm and choose something that they can feel good about buying. Got it, got it. I also noticed this particular thing because uh, mostly it is uh, the word of uh, like maybe even some key players or whatever yes. it is like exactly so so that can actually go wrong or like we don't have any perfect standardiza- standardization in place actually yeah so yeah true. so uh so this is something which i'm more interested actually like uh so currently i could see like uh, a lot of uh, area like in the supply chain where ai is supporting so uh but but these kind of uh enhancement or support is actually being carried to in a business process Right. Or like how we can mainly capitalize or like make the revenue generation much more faster, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So, but beyond this, beyond this, there are actually things happening beyond design and logistics. And uh, that is where I could see some of these projects, basically. Right. So, but still like these kind of things. So, for example, if you see this uh, Sorable, they are actually maintaining something on the inventory stock. Okay. Okay. And uh, even in Nike, they have robotics to actually being uh, like in in manufacturing. Right. Okay, like in the production phase, they actually develop something. And then there is an interesting project, Project CC. This is something which I really liked actually the idea behind it. So we just uh, push a picture, yeah. and then it will give the recommendations actually. Yeah. So like what footwear or what yeah. t-shirt. So so but but still it is kind of like enhancing the existing market. That's all. Yeah, there is no sustainability element which I saw in this particular thing. Yeah, I think the only good thing with Project CC is the uh, version of it is that they are themselves a sustainable marketplace. So every product is, you know, from brands that are sustainable. But yes, it just, uh, it does drive more consumption, which is something we want to tackle, um, you know, because that's a very, very big problem. And it's so hard to tell people, don't, don't buy it. Right. I mean, how are you going to tell someone don't shop when they have enough money to shop, enough uh, occasions, right? I mean, it just becomes, um, it's a hard battle, right? I mean, to tell someone that don't buy something. So, yeah. And I'm telling you that as a, as a brand owner, right? I have so many times that a customer will come in and allow you, do you have something that we can use to remodel for you? Uh, you know, instead of making something completely in your we've done that a lot of times and i think that they also start seeing appreciation for that whole you know concept of upcycling something that they already had it's cool yeah that's that's actually interesting so so basically coming on to your uh actually brand so like how how you are actually being uh, carrying all these uh, design practices in uh, production level actually? yes so i started using um virtual garment making softwares in 2019 and I started exploring them because I thought like this is the future in my opinion right I I we didn't have COVID back then but for some reason I just thought that this is going to be big and this just makes so much sense because the ease of um of being able to design and manufacture is remarkable and the amount of accuracy that we get is fantastic. So what I do is, uh, what you're seeing right now on the screen is from a collection of garments that is make, made completely on a software 
there was no physical piece molds. We didn't make one single sample. Everything is made over here on the software virtually. We can try out different sizes, different skin tones. What do they look like on different people? Right. And um, then when an order gets placed, everything is keyed in into the system already. Like every design has the exact number of yards required for it. The color of the fabric, the code of the fabric, the supplier, all of that is sped into the system. So the moment they have an order, we reach out, everything, the ball starts, you know, the ball, the ball starts rolling and uh, yeah, the whole manufacturing process starts. So it follows this um, adjust in time or, uh, you know, Toyota production system as it's also called. So everything is like happening just in the nick of time, right? We don't stock up on something. There's no inventory stockpile. So you're able okay. to save on a lot of um, wastage that usually occurs otherwise. And you also save a, a lot of time, right? And and this also gives me room to customize something for somebody. So let's say I have a customer who says that, you know, I, I like that dress, but you know, I don't, I want to sleep on it. I can do that now, right? But if it's already made, it's a little hard to then attach a sleeve. It's more work. Right. So this way you can have, um, you know, you can give a little more power to the consumer as well to make a choice. Um, also in terms of colors, you know, you just have to simply have um, three colorways. It's like, you know, dropping a bucket of color in an application and that's it, right? And and once they select what they want, I order it accordingly. So it's okay. it's so much simpler to do it this way than to make a ton of clothes and then wait for people to buy them. <laughs> true, true. Right? Alec, Alec. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, and we actually got to see that it worked because we had orders and we were making garments that we had not tested out before at all. We were going completely by what the software had told us and it came out absolutely perfect. So yeah, so it was, it was I think, a really good exploration for us. Indeed, indeed. I agree that I have seen one interesting video also from your uh, uh, website, actually. Yes. <laughs> Step up in the car, and the so this is purely simulation yes completely completely simulated yes okay and i just wanted to also you know give you an idea so if you go onto the website and if you go on um if you go on about okay about. 
yeah, I think there will be um, sustainability. Yeah. Okay. I think it's on this page, or I'm. Yeah. So if you click on human kinetics, I mean you can you know run through all if you want. Oh. Okay. I think I Right. So this is what I have been doing since 2019. Okay. Um. This is what I was initially using the softwares for. I would test the garment and see if it was worthy of human movement. Because mm -hmm. when we're designing, we are designing and we put these garments and test them for fit over a mannequin, over a dress form. Okay, the dress form is hard. It's not, um, I mean, our flesh is soft. Okay, it can move. It, it has, um, it's not like wood. It's not like metal. So, so there is that rule that we need to provide for it as well. And our body moves. We have we have joints that need to you know move in in order for us to have um, the human experience, right? So when we put things on a mannequin, we don't know if if it's suitable for human movement. We only know that it fits when it's in a standing you know stout sort of um, stance, but we don't know if would it be the same if the person was sitting? How do we test for that, right? How do you know if this is going to be comfortable enough for you to dance in, for you to run a marathon in, right? So, so I started doing these tests. These are like virtual garment fit tests that we do. Like there's a series of them that you do for every design to see if it's capable of handling the human uh, experience, right? You should be able to dance in these and enjoy. Correct, correct. So it went from that to then evolving to completely making grids on this. Great, great. This is great. Actually, I've never seen anyone researching this much to <laughs> design the thing as well as I know. Okay. Yeah, I think that's because we also associate uh, garment making as something that is not a lot of brain work, right? We just, we don't think of it as, oh, there's research that goes into it. But if you actually look at it, it's probably one of those things where so much physics is applied, you know, in a way that I think every designer is a, is half physicist because you understand the dynamics of the body or understanding how the kinetics of our human body work. How did the fabric fall from the shoulder versus how did it fall from, you know, from your knee or from anywhere else? Just to know how gravity plays a role in all of this. Now, if I removed the element of gravity and I made the same clothes, it's going to dance all over you. Right? So there's so much science behind it um, that we actually take for granted. And I don't like to take science for granted, so I like to enjoy exploring it. Got it, got it. There is something else I saw very interesting in this uh, website. Actually, I could see some dress where uh, it is clearly marked for one second, I think it's loading. Yeah. So I could see zero waste, upcycle. So yeah. like when it comes to the effort, like how difficult it is or like how it's actually being implemented. Um. So this is all the, the ones that you're seeing over here on the website right now. These are from a line that I call uh, made from nothing. So these are actually a lot of these are from saris that were pre-loved. Pre-loved is basically... They were someone else's and they were not being used. They were just um, 
lying there. They were in perfectly good condition, but some of them were never even opened from the wrapping. Okay, so we collected this uh, when the pandemic hit. I didn't have my production uh, going on, right? So I was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to like shut down. So I have to keep myself engaged. I have to have something for people. And people aren't going to buy very expensive clothes at that time, right? So it has to be things that are affordable. But it still had to be sustainable because that's the ethos of what I do. So we started collecting saris from relatives, from friends, from the community, and we started upcycling them. So what you're seeing up there is upcycled saris. Um, and they have a very, very interesting way of how they are made. Um, these are, of course, zero waste. So that means a whole sari got used. And okay. um, it's... So if you, if you look at saris, there's usually one of a kind. Okay, so we wanted to celebrate how unique each sari is. So the story behind this line was that the sari would be laid down, we would lay it completely open, and I would decide based on the rhythm of its print, its colors, a, a piece of music or a song that I associated with this sari. We would okay. start, we play that song, and there are no lines that are drawn on it. There is nothing. I would just take scissors and I would just cut to the music. Okay. And that's the kind of garments we got. So Wonderful. So yeah, so what's beautiful about it is that you realize that there's nothing really random in the world. Everything is actually planned. It's just that sometimes you are not able to see it. So for me, it became more like I was cutting Basically, I am a medium. I am not a creator then. Um, it is a conversation between the fabric, the sari, and the music. They are having a conversation and I'm just the interpreter. Right? So, so I think it, so these were very artistically made, which is why the end results were also very artistic. And what's so great is that they are, they are quite affordable compared to what our other line is like. So there's so much meaning, so much um, art that goes behind it, and it's still so affordable. Got it. This is really interesting, actually. Like uh, when I saw it, is completely, and and what you said also, it it, it actually makes much sense. Like to understand yeah. how you guys are actually designing the thing, and it's not just a traditional way of acting. Yes. <laughs> so each of that piece is so unique because of course if I had to cut and I'm not going to cut along the same lines ever again right it may be different each time so each is uh, a unique piece and would be celebrated just like the sari was a unique piece got it got it got it yeah this is really interesting actually so uh, so in, in terms of uh, like the collaboration with different companies after this particular award, like how it is happening or like, is, is there any brand which approach you or like, is it uh, in that in that route actually? Um, I am open to collaborations, uh, but I only have like some projects that I'm working on. So right now we have, um, we have stockists who sell for like on behalf of us, we have marketplaces that we want to go on to. But what we want to do is you know, expand that and reach reach out to more and more marketplaces globally as well. Um, okay. So that this um, so that this whole concept of sustainability, which is also having an element of glamour or high fashion, can reach more people. So yeah, I mean that is what 
uh, the plan is like right now and uh, I'm also now looking at so so far you've probably only seen women's wear clothing on uh, my platform but I'm looking at now making genderless clothing so it is for anyone and everyone um, great yeah so it's you know baby steps great great so you started on uh, I think 2019 right um, in theory, I started in 2018, like that's when I was like, okay, this is my logo, this is going to be my brand name, this is, you know, I was just putting things down. Uh, but yeah, like I, I have a manufacturing setup and all that, that, that started only in 2019 and um, I call it the lab. Uh, okay. It's not a unit or it's studio, it's a lab, which is, uh, for me, everything is science related, so I'm like, it's my lab, okay. <laughs> <laughs> great 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 no no really really interesting actually to talk to you and to understand about the aspects basically so i would like to thank you once again for having like for actually talking to like different topics in sustainability in this particular domain and it's really knowledgeable actually the way you design the clothes and the way you actually nurture your brand as well so i would like to Thank you for that, and I wish you all the best for your all the activities and everything. Yeah. Thanks so much, Deepak. This was such yeah. a fun time since you know talking to you about all this, and I hope that your listeners have a good time as well. And yes, yes. yes indeed. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys, Thanks. and bye. Bye.